This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas on this edition. Chris Sabat from Macmillan Estate Planning on planning your estate to make sure it's flush with assets and your loved ones secure. No bigger asset for most of us than our home. And with that, John Carlson with a return visit. John's 2% realty gets it done fast and at far less commish. We'll get John's take on the real estate landscape in a moment. But first, a few highlights from the week on Vancouver Consumer. And the bad news came late Thursday via Twitter. Vancouver will not be one of the hub cities for the NHL restart. Earlier in the day, Health Minister Dix put the Knicks on the bid, saying the province will not relax public health safety rules, that those rules apply to everyone. With that said, the province is moving slowly into phase three of the overall restart plan. This includes allowing non-essential travel within B.C., as well as reopening hotels, the film and TV industries, and some entertainment venues like movie theaters. International borders including Washington State, will stay closed. Vancouver's condo rental market, numbering about 69,000 units owned by investors, appears to be riding out the pandemic thanks in part to the government's rent subsidy program, which pays $300 a month for a tenant and $500 per month for a tenant with a dependent. However, in a survey earlier this month, half the tenants said they would be looking for a cheaper place to live or at the very least renegotiate their rent. The province has begun taking steps to address rising strata insurance costs. Condo insurance premiums have skyrocketed. More than a million and a half British Columbians live in a strata and in various reports, insurance Insurance premiums have risen between 50% in the past year in Metro Vancouver, with deductibles increasing by up to triple digits. The issues are complex, but the province committed this week to bring in new laws to protect condo owners, while at the same time protecting the private insurance industry. Welcoming back an old friend of the show, John Carlson of 2% Realty, johnnysmartpoint.com. Direct line phone number is 604 612 zero zero eight zero how are you doing john good afternoon uh yeah i'm doing fine how about yourself manny i'm doing great uh, i've been looking at a lot of facts and figures concerning the real estate market i want to run those by you as we get going here but uh what is your general overview uh from the last uh, couple of weeks since you've been on oh my um well you know it's an interesting time as everybody knows um a lot of changes um, a lot of different maybe viewpoints out there uh, from people in the market or looking to get in the market or considering what the market's going to do in the near future. Um, so, so it really is an interesting time. But I think on the positive side of things, I continue to see a market that is rebounding from, you know, this deep freeze that we were in due to the coronavirus. So, I mean, numbers are still down historically. Listings are down. Sales are down. The ratios have stayed more or less the same as they were in terms of, you know, sales to active listing inventory, which has left prices more or less where they've been the last few months. But again, I find that, you know, a lot of different viewpoints out there, but a growing number of people, it would seem, uh, are kind of looking at themselves and saying, hey, you know, we waited, we were ready to buy or we wanted to sell. And now we think maybe the worst of this is over. And uh, we have some comfort that, uh, you know, maybe it's okay to have people in our house to sell it, or maybe it's okay to go and look at a home to write an offer and purchase 
So I'm finding, you know, a gradual but steady return uh, in terms of the overall volume of calls that I'm getting and activity that I'm getting on my listings. Well, we're going to feature one of your recent clients, Allison, in our next segment with you, uh, John. Uh, there was a quick turnaround for her, and she was really, really pleased when uh, all of you were up against a wall to find a new place for the family. Uh, you really got on it, and that's one of the great benefits of using John Carlson of 2% Realty. Things get done. JohnnySmartPoint.com. You can call John Carlson directly, 604 612 Zero zero eight zero. I don't want to get too technical because it is a very complex issue. But breaking it down in simplified terms, there was some uh, several moves this week by the provincial government to uh, put a stop to, or at least attempt to put a stop to, uh, rising uh, condo insurance fees. Uh, what do you know about that, John? And how do you think that will affect the purchase of condos going forward? Well, this is this is necessary. We've got a little bit of a crisis, I would say, in the in the strata uh, business here locally. Uh, as people have heard on the news, you know, insurance on strata properties has been has been uh, a problem. Uh, and just anecdotally, I have um, a listing announced about to be resolved, but a, a Langley condo. We got an offer on it, and the insurance certificate actually lapsed, and we were expecting to have the new policy in place, but it didn't happen. Now we're about two weeks late and it finally is happening. So the whole deal went on hold and it should go together. But it's important for people to know that if you're in a condo or a townhouse, a strata building, and you do not have 100% insurance coverage, because sometimes these policies are lapsing, that really your place is not saleable. Uh, Lenders will not lend, banks won't lend on a property that's not 100% insured. So this is potentially a a big crisis. Let's face it. you know, a lot of people are driven to strata properties for affordability. It's become a, a growing segment of the market for, you know, newlyweds, young families, uh, you know, retirees downsizing. And uh, last stat I read was in British Columbia, about one in three people live in a strata property. So, you know, when you can't be insured 100%, that's a bit of a problem. So recently, the uh, provincial government has stepped in. They've introduced a bill to help uh, with the soaring strata insurance costs. Uh, it's not really heavy on details at this point in time, but generally they want to tighten up and help advise uh, strata corporations on how to run a tighter ship. Um, depreciation reports, which will show uh, you know, the condition of every element of a strata property, roofs, balconies, elevators, the whole, the whole works. They're going to make it a little bit tougher for strata corporations to um, avoid doing these, uh, by the sounds of things, avoid doing these, these, um, these depreciation reports for one. And they just want to set out some guidelines. So again, it's, it's short on, on detail at this time, but the provincial government is stepping in saying, hey, we want to uh, make sure that we can help manage this situation to produce good results because this is not going to solve itself overnight. More than 1,500,000 British Columbians live in a strata, so obviously affects uh, numerous uh, people, but we're looking... Uh, specifically at how the government can resolve these issues because the sale of condos is uh, one of those segments that you've been watching closely. Uh, John, give us an overview, if you will. Are there areas in the lower mainland where condos are not selling and where condos are selling? Well, I mean, they're they're selling everywhere. Um, Some segments of the market are definitely um, much heavier in terms of inventory than others. And again, this is a supply and demand industry. And anytime you look at any particular segment and you see heavy supply and not as much demand, well, generally, you know, sales will be a little slower and prices might be a little bit softer. 
Um, but I mean, the good news is that uh, you know strata properties are still very popular, and most strata properties, I mean, they are insured, or they a lot of them have done their insurance recently. The downside is whether or not you're selling. We're looking at average insurance costs in in BC. The stat I read recently was just a little over a forty percent increase. So if you were paying, uh, you know, a hundred dollars a month for your the, the on your maintenance fee to cover insurance, you might be paying you know one hundred and forty. Um, and I've seen a lot. Uh, a lot higher increases than that as well. So, and also when it comes to uh, strata insurance, it's not just the premium you pay on any insurance policy. It's also the deductible that's involved because if you have a really high deductible, that kind of eliminates, uh, you know, the possibility of you using your insurance for smaller claims and only, you know, uh, larger claims. So I'm seeing deductibles double and triple, uh, meaning they're not quite as valuable policies. They're not as good for smaller jobs. They're only good for bigger jobs. And that onus is being put on to uh, homeowners to cover that up with uh, their own deductible insurance. So again, this is all working its way through, um, but the insurance issue is a problem. Having said that, good condominiums, like I think you mentioned that Allison called in uh, to, to give us a testimonial. She was a condo in Vancouver and the insurance policy was covered and this was a good building and we handled it you know, relatively quickly. There are still buyers out there. Well, Vancouver Consumer got a hold of Allison to talk about her experience with John Carlson of 2% Realty. Well, we actually began by selling our condo by Olympic Village, um, sort of trepidatiously because of COVID, right? So we were going to originally sell at the beginning of March, and then we held off for a little bit. And then I guess about three weeks ago, we decided we would go ahead and list. And um, on John's advice, we obviously figured out a fair price for what we figured our condo was worth. And um, they did a beautiful video that they put um, on MLS and got us all organized. And the first people that saw it in our first showing ended up writing an offer the next day. Uh, We pretty much sold our, our condo in a week. So that was fantastic. So John was bang on when, in his price predictions on what we should be asking for it. It was awesome. Well, that's the name, John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. You can call John directly, 604-612-0080. That's a pretty quick turnaround, John. Did you feel the pressure? Well, no, I didn't feel the pressure, but of course, you know, she said something interesting, and I want to say thanks, Allison. Uh, you know, I just heard the testimony. It's, it's awesome. I'll be talking to you later today. Um, she said something interesting. We were talking earlier in the year, and we decided to hold off with all this COVID thing, and, uh, you know, it just didn't seem like the right time to coordinate a sale of a property and a purchase of a property. Um, and I think she's a good example of what you do see in the market, people who have a desire and need to make a move to buy or sell. And, uh, you know, they waited, they were patient, and now, you know, life is going somewhat back to normal, and she decided to jump in. We were pretty lucky, I would say, uh, or at least fortunate to have um, the offer come in quickly. I will say that because there were a couple of other units in the building and in the area that were somewhat similar. And I think our the thing that we had was we had maybe a better view than some of the others. But uh, regardless, uh, the first showing, um, sometimes this happens, uh, put an offer, and we had to negotiate it. You know, it wasn't a slam dunk. We had to bring them up to the area where we were comfortable. Um, but, you know, it was great to work for her. She was in a good building. The insurance had recently been done. Um, and these are the kind of buildings that are popular right now, where there's not a risk for a high insurance problem coming up. Uh, where the financials are in order and the building is in good condition and a good location. So 
you know, any realtor would have jumped for joy to um, to have been hired by Allison to work to sell her, uh, you know, her, her her condo. And I, you know, I was just lucky to be involved. So it's good to hear. Uh, that she's happy. Well, I know she was uh, very specific about where she wanted to go uh, in terms of buying. Uh, how was that process? Uh, w- was there a lot available in the Walnut Grove area? Well, no, there was a little pressure there as well. And that's, you bring up a good point, Manny, that um, when you're in a market where some of the segments of the inventory are kind of limited, uh, she's looking in uh, Walnut Grove at a detached house. Now, Walnut Grove in Langley is a really desirable area, and uh, the affordable homes in there generally don't last all that long. Um, so we were fortunate to find a, a property. Uh, it needed some work, so there was some negotiation to be done there to, to make my client happy. But in the end, you know, there weren't a whole lot of options for us to look at in the certain price point that, that we were looking at. Um, the house that she found was one where she's able to put a little bit of uh, her own touches in in terms of renovations, uh, but it was a good solid house. So, you know, that was probably the tougher part um, was um, finding sometimes the coordinating of a purchase and a sale at the best of times is, is the tricky thing. People, you know, everybody wants a top price when they sell and that's natural. Um, but we also have to remember that the timing has to be right and we have to have enough time to coordinate a purchase and a sale because most people need the funds from their sale to finance the purchase. So, um, you know, some of the segments are a little bit low inventory. In fact, I've got buyers right now looking in uh, Langley, Alder Grove, even out in Abbotsford, and we're seeing, you know, some properties on the market a long time, but the good ones sometimes selling really quick in multiple offer situations and the, and the whole bit. So, Allison, thanks for working with me. I know we'll be talking again soon, and uh, it's just good to hear that you were happy with the whole process. Yeah, moving closer to uh, the kids, so that's uh, obviously one of the great uh, bonuses of you being able to find her the exact location she wanted. John Carlson, 2% Realty, joining us on this edition of Vancouver Consumer here at CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas, johnnysmartpoint.com, johnnysmartpoint.com. Or you can call John directly, 604-612-0080. 24 years experience as a realtor, 1,000 career sales plus. Well, I guess it's 1,001 now, John. Uh, Having uh, got the sale uh, for Allison, uh, we've got another special guest coming up in the next segment as well. You helped out recently. It's a a really good story because... Uh, everybody went away happy, and that's the way it should be in real estate. Uh, John, when you're negotiating prices, uh, do you want to leave a little something on the table uh, for either the buyer or the seller? Well, um, most of the time, if I'm representing a seller, a seller, again, it, it comes down to money and timing for the most part. There are conditions and other things, of course, in offers, but uh, most sellers don't want to leave anything on the table. Uh, most sellers want a fair price. Uh, most sellers are prepared to be reasonable, you know, in the light of what evidence the market brings them when they're on the market. So I don't know if it's so much about uh, leaving anything on the table, but I think it's important to know that uh, depending on the environment that you're in, I mean, some markets favor sellers quite heavily, other markets might favor buyers quite heavily. So the, the leverage position can change depending on what side of the fence you're on and what market you're in. But I think it's important to know that that to make a transaction happen, if you're a seller, you have to. I mean, you have to have a buyer that is at the end of the day happy enough to sign on the dotted line. So, um, you know, it is sometimes a compromise. Sometimes sellers don't get everything they want. Other times they do. Uh, but you have to remember to make a deal. Two people have to be happy. And and I think the one of the functions of a, of a good agent when you're a listing agent representing a seller is to 
remove any obstacles that might be in the way of a sale, you know, and sometimes you do that before you even list a property. Sometimes it's during the offer presentation, but also to help demonstrate value of the property enough so that a buyer feels good about going forward. And I think that's where experience comes in. And a lot of, you know, if you have a lot of uh, current experience, you're often in a better place to to defend your seller's price and terms. And so, uh, you know, in this particular case, that's what happened. In a recent survey of almost a thousand home buyers, recent home buyers, they were looking for very specific items uh, before they purchased a home. We're going to run some of those by John to see if that's in fact the case with buyers in the lower mainland. John Carlson, 2% Realty, johnnysmartpoint.com or direct line number to John, 604-612-0080, johnnysmartpoint.com. Along with John Carlson of 2% Realty, johnnysmartpoint.com. Direct line number 604-612-0080, johnnysmartpoint.com. John's been one of the top selling real estate agents over the past decade. 24 years experience all told. More than 1,000 career sales. And uh, we are going to feature one of John's clients in just a moment. Uh, John, I was looking at uh, some changes to the residential tenancy branch rules and guidelines. I don't think there's anything worse for a potential home buyer who is buying a home or a condo to rent out holus bolus, and you can't get the tenant out. Uh, whether you want to renovate, whether you want to raise the rent, uh, it virtually is in the hands of your partner, that partner being the tenant. But there have been some changes uh, recently. Why don't you run by those? Because I think it goes to the heart of what people are looking for when they're considering buying a an investment property, albeit uh, you know a single detached home to rent out, a condo to rent out, or to move in and rent out a basement suite. I'm glad you brought that up because this is one of those little tidbit type morsels that um, you know can be awfully important. And uh, if you know a lot of listeners probably recall that when this pandemic hit and it became evident that people might have trouble paying rents and mortgages and those sorts of things that. Uh, the government stepped in, and I think it was as of March 30th of this year, they introduced a moratorium on evictions, which basically said, hey, if your tenant doesn't pay, or if your tenant in a residential property um, has been given legal notice to vacate, but they don't have a place to go, well, they don't have to leave. And I think that was, uh, you know, a compassionate thing to do, and probably, um, to some degree, pretty financially prudent for the province. But it did introduce, obviously, some potential real problems um, uh, for potential home buyers. I, I do uh, specifically recall uh, some people that I'm working with now, and actually we're almost in the stage where we're going to remove conditions on the purchase of a condo. Well, they were looking at a place that was tenanted, and they happened to be pregnant. And I had to tell them at that time, hey, just so you know, even if we do everything right and we give it through the contract, we notify the seller that upon notice from us, they should give legal notice to the tenant to vacate the premises in accordance with the Residential Tenancy Act, there was no teeth in that act, and you could not have a uh, you could not force a tenant out, or even give legal notice. So, uh, and the other part of that was if a tenant did not want to open up a property for showing, and I think this was very reasonable, the tenant did not have to. It was scary times, and people were concerned. Well, just as of I think this week, they have now lifted that moratorium. So now a landlord can issue notice to end a tenancy to a tenant for any reason, except for non-payment of rent or late payment of rent. That still is under protection. But if you were a seller and uh, you had a tenant in your property and you gave notice to that tenant to vacate in accordance with the, with the unconditional offer that you had signed on to, 
you know, for a while that you couldn't be guaranteed that that tenant was going to actually leave. Well, now the rules are back in effect, and that's going to make it a little bit easier for a lot of people who are buying and selling tenanted properties. It is also now um, lifted that a tenant can refuse access to a property. We're back to where if you give proper notice, a tenant should provide access as long as, and here's the big caveat, that we, the professionals, the real estate agents, and the people that we bring to the property, follow proper social distancing guidelines and health guidelines. So, you know, gloves, hand washing, masks, and social distancing, all that stuff. So we're back to a little bit more of a, uh, a normal sort of playing field when it comes to buying and selling properties that may be tenanted, and I think that's good news for the market. Well, I, I agree with you. You know, during when when the when this pandemic first hit, of course, no one knew which direction we were going to take a lot of industries, and so they just clamped down on everything. But now that we sort of quote unquote understand what's going on, some of these rules and regulations have opened. I I just can't imagine buying a piece of property for a ton of money without actually going in and taking a look at the suite and, you know, uh, albeit you've got, you know, home inspections happening. Uh, is this something that, that I want to buy? If I can't even see it, how would I know if I want to buy it? That's right. That was one of the challenges we were facing. And that's, uh, again, one of the challenges that is, uh, you know, has been solved, at least for the moment. Yes. The processes of dealing with uh, John Carlson at 2% Realty are very, very easy. And to that, we thought we would invite a recent uh, client of John's to talk about the process uh, today with everything that's going on. Uh, Dave uh, recently made a move and used the services of John Carlson of 2% Realty. Uh, the process was fantastic. Uh, uh, it was very smooth, handled efficiently and quickly. And I really enjoyed the, the cutaway of the house. I think that's a great selling feature. Yeah, I have no problem recommending John. We bought a house on the island on Monday, put our house here up for sale on Friday, sold it on Saturday. So you can't really get anything smoother than that. I think it'd be impossible. Well, that's pretty wild, John. I listed the house Friday, sold it on Saturday. I take it it was it was price pointed well. Yes, uh, well, it, it was successful, and that's that's key. Of course, you never want to leave any money on the table, and um, I think that my clients handled it just right. In this case, it was great working with Dave and Doris. Uh, they called me and said, "Hey, I'd heard you on CKNW. You sound like you know you might know what you're talking about. Come and talk to us." So I did. And they had a property in mind on Vancouver Island. I happened to know a really good agent that worked in that area, and I set them up. They went and looked at the property. And the next thing I know, I got a call saying, hey, we got an offer subject to sale. We got to sell this place. And um, interestingly enough, they're in a, in a really, really great uh, townhouse complex in Port Moody called East Hill. Um, very popular due to the location and the privacy and trees and all that sort of stuff. And typically, uh, typically around this time of year, there'd probably be half a dozen listings in that development. But at this time... There were no listings in that development. And given that it's on the affordable range, we we're in the 650 range, um, you know, I, it wasn't too difficult to figure out that there were probably uh, people out there who were just waiting for something like this to hit the market. So we were, you know, somewhat under the gun to sell quickly because we had a subject to sale on the other end. But we also needed every penny we could get out of the sale to make this happen. So um, I think we listed it just right. Uh, we had some interest, and uh, you know we managed to to put that together. And working with Dave and Doris, you know, was was absolutely fantastic. Great couple. And one thing I've learned in this industry is that, generally speaking, 
good things happen to good people. And, uh, you know, they, they made it work. I think they're going to semi-retirement now, and I couldn't have been happier to be part of that process. So thank you, Dave. Thank you, Doris. It was great working for you. And one last thing, I think it's kind of interesting that, you, you know, I, I kind of made a name for myself as someone who, a discount agent maybe compared to most of the competition, who maybe, you know, uh, saved people money compared to the majority of agents out there that people are talking to. But it's nice to get these testimonials and have people just talk about how happy they are. And they don't even mention the fact that they save maybe 30 or 40 percent or more compared to the other agents they talk to. So that's the other thing I do well. But it's nice to just hear that people were happy with the service I gave and that they recommend me to their friends. And that's what's happening. So thanks very much, Dave and Doris. Appreciate well, it. Well, you can check out uh, John Carlson's fee structure with some comparisons to what other agents are charging. Uh, simply go to his website johnnysmartpoint.com johnnysmartpoint.com call john directly 604-612-0080 john carlson of two percent realty is it just me john or is there a growing number of either semi-retired or soon to be retired or fully retired uh, people getting out of the lower mainland and getting over to say the sunshine coast Absolutely. This is a trend that I think has, you know, it's, it's not new. It's been going on for a few years at least. I mean, it's always been going on. But I think when prices started to get really high in Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley, um, a lot of people who were getting at the stage of their life where they thought, you know, maybe it might be getting close time to cash in and get out of the rat race or whatever it is. Um, you know, I think I think it is a growing trend. The, the population, a segment is is aging, getting closer to retirement. And a lot of us will stay local here when we retire, but a lot of us, you know, are looking at at greener pastures or quieter areas. And uh, I think it is sometimes tempting to uh, to take uh, the money out of a high uh, a high priced market like Greater Vancouver and reinvest in a lower priced market, whether it be Vancouver Island or Kelowna or Kamloops or any of these areas, because uh, because people can oftentimes be completely debt free with money in the bank having cashed out their biggest investment down here in Greater Vancouver and uh, live happily ever after. So that's that really is in uh, in a lot of people's minds. And if any listeners out there are thinking this way, I'd be happy to talk to you as well about it. One of the things that I always urge people to do when you and I get together on Vancouver Consumer, John, is to uh, go to your website, johnnysmartpoint.com. Uh, everything you need to know about John Carlson at 2% Realty is on that website, johnnysmartpoint.com. Dot com. But one of the most asked questions, uh, John, is uh, how the heck are you going to market my property if you are charging less commish than the other person uh, in the real estate game? Because uh, much of the commissions that you earn do go towards marketing. So how are you going to market my home? Well, we witnessed the fact that homes are selling uh, because there are great real estate agents around. I mean, you just heard uh, Dave talk about his experience with the process um, with John and how quickly it sold and everybody went away happy. But uh, generally speaking, uh, John, um, what would you say to people who question whether they are going to get their home marketed uh, with the same value if you are earning less than the other guy? Well, you know, it's interesting. I had this conversation with a fellow last night. I met him and his mother's place may come up for sale and he introduced or he, he uh, interviewed myself and apparently a couple of other agents. And it was funny because he asked me these same questions and he was referring to the other uh, normal or typical agents and referring to me as something other than that because of my commission structure, which is fine. 
Um, and, and of course, commission structures, there's no standard. There are different ones out there. And, you know, I just happen to save people a significant amount of money compared to the majority of agents out there. Uh, but I told him, and I'll tell the listeners, the commission structure uh, is really independent of, you know, the service that you get from an agent, in my opinion. Um, the action is on MLS. So when you're, you know, you're asking me how I market a home, um, I don't cut corners just because I charge less than some other agents might. And I'm also in a comfortable position that I do a lot of volume. And so I don't have to worry about uh, necessarily, you know, um, making sure my wallet's not bare when it comes time to pay the advertising bill. Um, so I just, you know, I just do it the same way every time, full service, 100%. Uh, you know, I 3D map out houses, we do the photos. We want to make sure that when you're on MLS, of course, that, you know, you show well and you have good descriptions and you lead with your strengths because we want to attract the right kind of people who want to view the property. Everybody's different. Everybody's got their own idea of what they might be looking for. So we need to identify on a listing what the strongest saleable features are and lead with those and have the photos and the descriptions looking great so with that typical buyers, we're all comparison shoppers and we go and we, we look at the options in front of us. We want to stand out enough to have people come in and see the property. Part of that is the pricing because that, that's the expectation level that you set. Um, but also part of it is just putting a good foot forward and making sure that uh, that the obstacles to a sale have been removed prior to listing and that you hit the ground running, you look good, you show good, you're available for people to get in. And I think a big, big key, and this is why I think you want a, uh, an experienced agent, know the environment that you're in because the environment right now could be different. For Dave and Doris, for instance, on a, on a, a nice, affordable, desirable townhouse, might be a little bit different than a condo in a market with hundreds of condos listed but conditions a little bit poor and, and that sort of thing. So you, you really need to know what your leverage situation is, but understand what your leverage is, understand what your strategy is. And then if you hit the market, keep an open mind because it doesn't matter. I tell my clients, it doesn't matter what I tell you or any realtor tells you about pricing. It's really going to come down to how the market perceives that and how the market reacts to it. So a good agent should know the market well enough to give you good advice in terms of positioning and price. Uh, but really, it's going to come down to what the people say once they come in the door. So, uh, again, great to work for Dave and Doris and my other clients, and uh, I just want to continue doing likewise. Well, we're going to have to leave it at that. John Carlson of 2% Realty with three words of wisdom. Know your environment. John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com, johnnysmartpoint.com, or you can call John directly, 604-612-0080. I'm Manny Bazunas. You're listening to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Back in a moment. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas. Time now for this edition of Ask Andrew, Andrew Ferreira, executive producer of Vancouver Consumer, who does the grocery shopping in your house, Andrew? It depends. Uh, sometimes it's me. Uh, sometimes and sometimes it's it, it splits between my mother and myself. That's usually how it goes. Um, Do you discuss prices? Do you look at prices and oh, flyers? Of, of, and... of course, I, my, my mother is the real coupon clipper. She's okay. the she's the she's the avid one. I'm just kind of the if I need it, I'm gonna buy it because I need it to eat. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna spend my time going around. You know, as we approach July. Uh, the one thing that, you know, I call back from my time as a youngin um, is I used to go to the Okanagan uh, with my family. And part of that was 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 going by the roadside stands along along Highway 97 and picking up fresh berries on the way back to Vancouver. Right. And that was something that was just always part of the summer excursions I'd had as a kid. Um, 
But with COVID-19 happening, uh, there's a bit of a kerfuffle going on in that there's a lot, a lot of, I guess, certainty uh, with fruit growers. And this really does hammer the Okanagan really hard. Uh, there's not a lot of camp spaces and a lot of fruit growers and a lot of, uh, you know, large scale farms rely on foreign workers. And a lot of them take need camp space and need space to live and all that stuff. And all of that is kind of being uh, kind of put into doubt right now with uh, the restrictions that are being put on travel, with restrictions that are being put on movement. Um, and so that then prompts the question, you know, if, you know, I can't necessarily if maybe if I go to the, the roadside stands in the Okanagan, which I'm not going to do this year uh, and buy it from there, there might not be much. But could the prices go up, you know, at your local grocery store? You know, maybe I wouldn't notice because, like I said, if I need it, I'm going to buy it. But would my mother, the coupon clipper, notice? I almost guarantee you she will come home and then complain about the prices going up. What do you think? Well, I'm the, I'm the grocery shopper. I'm the lone person in the house. So if I don't buy it, it ain't going to appear in my home, and I can tell you, and I'm a, I'm a shopper, I'll go to four or five different grocery stores. There are discernible differences in prices, but I've noticed even organic has gone up. I like to buy BC because I want to support our BC growers, but the prices are through the roof. And I'm thinking to myself, how much does it cost to get a plum from Kelowna to Vancouver? It can't cost $3.99 a pound. It just can't, but somehow it does. To the issue of finding enough workers when harvest does arrive, and harvest is just around the corner, I think they should make it mandatory. If you are accepting, as a say a university student, a free grant, a free subsidy uh, to pay for courses, here's a way that you can help move this whole thing forward. You got to do a week in the Okanagan picking fruit. I mean, there's got to be people who are taking government money, either refusing to work or unable to go back to work. Here is a job. We will do this for you. During the Depression, and I'm not that old, but during the Depression, what they did was they hired people at $20 or $25 a week. You had to send back a certain amount of that money to your home, but they put people to work and they transported people to work on highways and bridges and in other infrastructures. We should be looking at that. We can't leave our fruit growers in British Columbia in the lurch. It's just too big an industry, and the after effect, meaning prices at the grocery store, are just too large to ignore. That's my personal view. I took two minutes too long to explain it. That's fine. But uh, there, there, there is a concern out there, and, and we get it. Uh, for the end user like myself and your mother, the coupon clipper, and by gosh, we're all doing that now. Uh, this is a very real issue, and that is the price for food. Andrew Ferrer, executive producer, Vancouver consumer, always in the know when it comes to a variety of things, including food prices. Thank you for that, Andrew. I'm Manny Bazunas. You are listening to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Back in a moment. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.